Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Kate Christensen is the author of Welcome Home Stranger, a novel. This episode is a little bit shorter than usual because we had an issue with the time and I can't remember what else, but we were determined to fit it in even though it was short and sweet. This is really one of my favorite books, so please listen. Kate Christensen is the author of eight novels, most recently Welcome Home Stranger. Her fourth novel, The Great Man, won the 2008 Penn Faulkner Award for Fiction. She has also published two food-centric memoirs, Blue Plate Special and How to Cook a Moose, which won the 2016 Maine Literary Award for Memoir. 
Her essays, food writing, reviews, and stories have appeared in a wide variety of publications and anthologies. She currently writes a monthly food column for Frenchly called Boof. She lives with her husband and their two dogs in Taos, New Mexico. Hi, Kate. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Welcome Home Stranger. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I love this book so much. The way you write, the way you write about family, the way you write about midlife desire and the messed up relationships that like everyone can really do and and family and all of it. So I'm delighted we have a chance to chat even briefly. So tell listeners what your book is about and where this story came from. I think of this book as being about the twin existential crises that sort of complement each other, not in a good way of... <laughs> Being postmenopausal and living in a time of what seems to be pending environmental breakdown. And I wanted to write about a woman who is angry and alive and not giving up and also struggling with all of it. And in the wake of the death of her very problematic mother. And so that's another kind of existential thing to face to be a woman whose mother has died and to sort of feel that sense of her own mortality, but also her own sort of coming into the matriarchy, coming into her role as a female elder and what that means and and what her responsibilities are in terms of everything that's happening around her. And so for this character is named Rachel Calloway and she's 53. She's an environmental journalist in DC and she goes back to Maine because her mother has died and she has to deal with her very angry younger sister (laughs) (laughs) who took care of their mother while she was dying. And there are a whole lot of reasons why Rachel didn't, but her sister doesn't understand. So it's also about that, that sort of, I think as, as our parents get older, I think siblings have a lot of the ones I know have a lot of struggles and a lot of sort of truth telling moments I think of them as like the sibling come to Jesus moment where you understand that you have different relationships with your parents. So it's very much about that as well. And and just sort of the the realities of being a woman in her 50s. Rachel also feels invisible and worries about professional obsolescence and and sort of and so I take all of those that big ball of wax and I sort of explore it in terms of what it looks like when I throw a lot of other stuff at her. Yeah. <laughs> deal with. <laughs> I love it. It's like take someone on the brink and push them over. And <laughs> um, Why didn't I just say that? That's so well put. <laughs> oh, go ahead. You can take it from now on. <laughs> the part about the environmental stuff. You have this very funny scene where she's talking about, where Rachel is talking about how she can't just enjoy din- dinner, right? For her, the meal is like, I, I wish, I don't even know if I dog-eared this or not. Wait, let me see. But wait, maybe, yeah, this is, wait, I have it here. I stare at my plate ravenous and stymied, seeing David has made me hungry for the first time in so long. I can't remember the last time, but I can't eat any of this food. It's beyond me to contravene Wallace. I hear his horrified voice, Wallace, the ex-husband, I hear his horrified voice loud in my ear, my brilliant gay former FDA scientist ex husband, heckering me about the tasteless, invisible, but potentially potentially sickening contents of every single thing on my plate. The factory-farmed antibiotic and chemical-fed meat, the bicephenol A-tainted, I should probably pronounce it wrong, canned tomato sauce with glyphosate. <laughs> I shouldn't even read this. So You're doing really well. I wouldn't know how to pronounce those things either. Thank you. And pesticide-heavy asparagus and iceberg lettuce 
grown in phthalate ester mulch soil and watered with fracking byproduct. Everyone else gets to happily eat their dinners in peace and won't know what hurts them until they're diagnosed with cancer or have a heart attack or stroke. Meanwhile, I sit here with my useless overload of information, sipping my glass of sparkling water, which was imported from Italy. So big carbon footprint, but it also came out of a glass bottle and is the only reasonably crap-free thing on the entire table. I feel like a veritable lunatic. I love that so much. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> literally I like had breakfast this morning and I was like well what is in you know what what chemicals what am I doing wrong like what would Rachel think so there's nothing really there's well as you know you know what happens to her she 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 throw she chucks it all like <laughs> how am I not going to eat we have to eat yeah <laughs> yeah you can only do so well I mean you have a whole discussion about whether you know what do you do with this type of knowledge what do you do when things are out of your control and it's of course not just food and chemicals, but family and now life in general. I mean, it's such a timely thing to be thinking about in the context of sort of upheaval and things that are out of your control. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. I was feeling like it was all out of my control. So I, I, I put it all into a novel looking for, I, I, I often make my, my protagonists sort of fictional avatars (laughs) and I use a novel not as a way to work things out, but as a way to explore things that I have sort of worked out in my own life. And I think I have to do that work before I can fictionalize it. I always say that writing a novel is the opposite of therapy. (laughs) And for me, writing has always been a way of taking control. And from when I was a little kid in a really uneasy sort of childhood, a 70s childhood, (laughs) 60s and 70s and, and everything that means, I felt like writing was a way to put all my anxiety and all my sense of you know, as a kid, it was lack of agency, but as an adult, it's more just sometimes despair. And sometimes just, just, I worry a lot. I'm a very anxiety prone person and that doesn't do any good. As my mother always said, you know, worrying, worrying is wasted energy. (laughs) And so I, I find that, that among other things, among, among so many other things, writing this book was a repository for all that anxiety for me in my own life. And I was feeling like I've, I feel like a lot of people feel that way and I didn't want to feel alone in it. And I wanted to connect to readers who also struggle with these things and, and, and feel a lot of the same things, anxieties. And I, so I use Rachel, poor Rachel. <laughs> I gave them all to her. <laughs> so this means that you have, and by the way, I completely relate to the anxiety. My grandmother was like, we all just have the worry gene. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, it's just a gene. I didn't actually realize people didn't have it until- I didn't either. <laughs> I, didn't either. I, I didn't realize it was a waste of time. I thought I could like change the outcome of things if I worried. Yeah. I'm not sure it's a waste of time. You think it's a waste Thank of time? You. Thank you. Maybe it's not. Maybe my mother wasn't always right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's a waste of time. I, I mean, think the, ju- no. the jury is out. <laughs> You're prepared. You're always prepared. I mean, it doesn't necessarily stop it, but I feel like it's worry itself is something you can do. Also, don't you come up with solutions when you worry? Yeah, totally. Don't you look at every side of something and and yeah. Yeah. I mean, without the, all the what ifs, how could you write? <laughs> anyway. That's a good point. That's why I think so many authors I've had on this podcast do have anxiety because it's it's it allows you to go off on all of those things deeply. What if this? What if that? Da, 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 you know. So, 
I don't know. And it's, I think the way the novelist's mind works, mm-hmm. though, because we do have a sort of spiraling, there are, there are all kinds of decisions you make in the course of writing a novel, in every little scene, every little micro scene, every every sentence. And I think the worrying brain is also the contingency brain. Like we allow, I'm speaking of we as the vast array of novelists who all write very differently, but I, I do think there's this thing that that in the brain of the novelist that maybe isn't quote unquote, sort of normal, but it is, it is a multifaceted way of imagining mm-hmm. the world, not just looking at the world, but also imagining it so that potentials proliferate in every second. They just exponentially branch off and you, you follow one and, you know, it's like the multiverse, yes. um, but you're only allowed to be in one at a time. I keep using these video game metaphors, but <laughs> I send my avatar through a multiverse. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, do I don't you, know where that came from. Do you play video games? No, I don't. Oh, okay. All right. You never know some. I mean, so a lot of people do. <laughs> no judgment. Anyway. <laughs> I don't. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So which, where exactly did this start? Did you realize you had come to terms with how to deal with the environment and then said, okay, now this book? Or did was it Rachel who came to you or, or what? I was thinking a lot about adapting and thinking a lot about how to, and, and also myself as an elder. I'm 61 and I feel like- You're not I, an I'm, elder. <laughs> Are you kidding well, me? I'm coming into that time in my life. I, that's that's what I'm I'm sort of at the threshold, and I feel like ten years ago when I was 51, I was I was still young. I still felt psychologically. I'm talking about. I felt I felt myself still in the world of sort of with a lot of time ahead of me and and thinking in terms of you know adventures and etc. And now I'm thinking pragmatically in a way that I never have before, and also proactively, and not not so much about myself. 
And I think there's there's a really kind of wonderful. I'm 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 really loving being this age. I will say it's my favorite age I've ever been. Um, and I think it's because I feel the strength of mind coming out of menopause with clarity. Thank God those hormones are gone. And also a sense of um, responsibility. I don't have kids, so I, I didn't raise kids. I have dogs, which is different. But I, I feel a sense of wanting to sort of help the next generation. At the moment, I'm teaching at the Iowa Writers Workshop, and it's exciting because my students are so brilliant and ambitious. And I'm just giving myself over to them in a way that when I taught here 10 years ago, I didn't in the same way. And so I am feeling this this sort of through your 50s, you kind of go through a, I don't know what to call it. I mean, it's menopause, but it's something deeper. It's like a deeper sort of, okay, maybe the word elder is premature, (laughs) but I will use the word. I mean, okay, I think a lot about adapting to what's coming and helping others and earnest as it sounds, that's sort of where my priorities are now. And I think that that's kind of where Rachel ends up out of despair, which is a good thing. It's a sort of, it's deeply pragmatic. Like while I'm still alive, I have work to do. (laughs) Kate, I know this is a really abridged episode, but I'm glad we at least got to talk a little bit about it. I was going to be so disappointed because I really loved this book. So anyway, hopefully we can continue in some other form because I had lots more to discuss. But all to say, I really enjoyed it. And thank you for coming on and more to come in some way, shape or form. Thank you so, so much. Okay. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks for that. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 
quince.com slash style. 